sounds very pompous when he says that but as a black man we can get away with it president of gospel light society international with the scripture and the sense podcast number 999 999 where I simply read the word of God the Holy Bible and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the Bible knowledge commentary and or the Matthew Henry commentary beloved this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God that's what they called it back then the law of God they knew it was not the law of man hello okay see that's what we're talking about we're talking about the word of God people and uh, if you do not have a healthy respect for the word of God there's something wrong somewhere down in your soul distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading so my beloved the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it the understanding of it it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened by getting saved from the wrath of God we talked about that earlier the wrath of God to come no you're not really experiencing much of it right now it's going to get far worse than this it's going to get nasty my dear friends as time goes on but anyway and get saved from the eternal burning hell the lake of fire by believing in God's Son Jesus Christ who said these loving magnificent and most important words in the history of the world to mankind he said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life dear friend tonight believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved and all you need to do and all you need to bring is your sincerity because God does not suffer fools God does not play 
and God does not want you to play with him. Because if you're coming to play, then you're going to end up burning in hell. It's very simple. Okay? Uh, just bring sincerity when you come to God and you want to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, preacher, how can I do this? First, you need to understand, my dear friend, that you are a sinner. You have done evil in God's sight, not only once, but repeatedly, thousands of times. Why? Because you were born with a sinful nature. And so you produce sins like a factory produces tires or whatever they produce or make. And you choose to sin. So not only do you, uh, not only are you sinning because of your foreparents, Adam and Eve and everybody in between, but uh, you're sinning because you choose to sin. I choose to sin. For the Bible says we are all sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody is a wicked, evil sinner. Nobody's a bigger sinner than you, and uh, uh, nobody is a lesser sinner than you. We all have sin. One sin makes us all uh, sinners on the same level. We're all in the same boat. Uh, you say, well, preacher, what is sin? Lying? <clears throat> Don't think that's a dumb question. It's not. Many people, are, because they're so blind to God and his word, they don't know what sin is. Many people don't know what sin is. When I was uh, coming up in my sinful days, if you will, I didn't know what sin was, and I did not care. Or I knew some of it was a sin, but I didn't call it a sin. I called it getting over or pulling the wool over somebody's eyes <coughs> and other major sins that I committed such as fornication, I, I never even heard that word, and even though I was raised in church, I never heard that word. I never heard that word. It, it, if it came into my ears, it went out very quickly, <clears throat> having sex with girls. I mean, that was the thing, I mean, you know, back in the day. And I felt no compunction or any guilt whatsoever about uh, uh, having sex with girls and things like that. Man, I didn't think, uh-uh. I thought something was wrong with you. If you you were not doing the same thing I was doing. That's how wicked and turned around and backwards I was. And I believe most sinners are that way. Some Many sinners don't even know that they're sinning against God Almighty. And shame on us in the church who don't point it out to them. We're all sinners. Lying, stealing, robbing, murder, lusting after people and things. Dishonoring and disobeying and disrespecting our parents. Uh, dishonoring God by taking his name in vain, committing adultery. <coughs> Fornication, homosexuality, on and on. 
the sins are listed in the Ten Commandments and all throughout the Bible. And we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I may not have done what you've done. You may not have done what I've done, but we all are guilty. And then the Bible says, secondly, that uh, the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty for sin. There is a punishment for sin. The wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. We do not die from a disease. It's, that's just a, pardon me, a means of dying. We die because of our sins, my friend. It is a punishment. There's nothing fun about death. It is not uh, a continuation of life. It's not uh, is a part of. It's not a part of life, my friends. As some philosophers would like to tell you, it's not. It's the end of life on this earth, my dear friend. And that's a very serious matter. I mean, just think about it. Can you even imagine not living on this earth? Well, understand that God wants you to understand that if you, uh, if God allows you to die from your uh, sins, uh, and if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ while you are on this ball called earth, because Jesus Christ died here. Okay, for you and for me. He came from heaven, came off his throne. He died on this ball called earth. That's hanging on nothing, by the way, but God's word. That blows my mind after 43 years of being saved. That blows my mind. This ball called earth hanging on nothing right now. We're hanging on nothing. But his word is holding it up out in space. You know God had to create this. Cause we would have never thought of anything like this in a billion years. We would have laid a foundation and had a big old mountain. And then we would have just made a... Uh, see, that's why people thought... That the earth was flat because that's how we think is laid out flatly and have everybody living on one plane Only God could think of this right here my friend and you're gonna tell me there's no God the Bible says people who say there's no God uh, God called them the Bible calls them a fool. I Didn't I didn't call you that That's what the Bible calls you two times a fool for you to look at all of this, a perfect ball with, with nothing but perfection for us to live on. Stars, and moon and sun, you know, hanging on, all of that's hanging on nothing out there in space. Hanging on nothing. And it does its job. Son. Let me tell you something. Only God can think of something like that. You better believe in God and you better believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. When you think about all of that, 
And when Jesus Christ comes down here, the Son of God, and says, For God, who created the universe, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I think you need to believe on him. When you see, when you look at it in its context, which is amazing. And so, God wants you to understand. Now, you have time to live on this earth. And he put you here to glorify his name, to acknowledge him in all of your ways, and to give him praise, and to fellowship with him through prayer and worship and, 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 and on and on. Now, if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you don't do that, uh, guess what else God is going to allow you to do? He's going to allow you to go to hell. Because you loved sin more than you loved righteousness. You loved darkness and pride more than you loved light and holiness and humility. See, so... Uh, you need to do what Jesus Christ told you to do. And since tomorrow is not promised you and is not promised to anybody, never has been promised to anybody, uh, you, you would be wise to do it now. Today is the day of salvation because this is the only day you have. <coughs> My dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ because um, contrary to uh, some false apostles and pastors and prophets and preachers dear friend hell is real Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible the Holy Bible he preached more on hell than John the Baptist and John the Baptist preached on hell, but he didn't, uh, Jesus preached on hell more than he did. Jesus Christ preached on hell more than all of the prophets and all of the apostles too. Paul preached on hell a little bit, but not as much as Jesus. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he uh, did heaven. Why? Because he loves you. And he wants you to understand the warning uh, so that you will take advantage of what he has done for you. That is believing. Uh, that is believing in his son, Jesus Christ. Believing in Jesus Christ. Who suffered, bled, and died on the cross. And that's another thing. When you look at the dynamics of the cross and what Jesus Christ suffered on the cross. He went through hell and went to hell for you and me. God is not going to let you into heaven without going through him. You can beg and plead for another chance but once you die is over you're going to lift up your eyes the Bible tells us in hell. In the torments of hell. I know you don't know too much about this because most preachers don't preach the truth anymore. They just want your money and they want you behind in their pews. They don't care about you. But Jesus did. He cared about you. You need to listen to what Jesus Christ said about hell. 
for Jesus Christ said in one of his choice one of his uh, uh, most powerful sermons if you will on hell if I can say that uh, found in Mark chapter 9 verses 43 through 48 and if thy hand offend thee cut it off it is better for thee to enter into life maimed all of his sermons were powerful but this one stands out to me than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched <clears throat> and if thy foot offend thee cut it off it is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a very, very real place. Jesus Christ would not say those things if hell was not real. And hell is a place of torment, a place where the fire shall not be quenched. Jesus Christ repeated that over and over again. Uh, Jesus Christ and uh, Father God, they do not play and they cannot lie. You understand that? So I have to do my job and warn you. Uh, and I do this every day by the grace of God because that's what God called me to do, to help you to understand that this is real, man, woman. You're going to die and go to hell if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and start serving him because Jesus Christ said if you love me keep my commandments now dear friend believe what Jesus Christ said believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can be saved from that awful place called hell and live the life that God wants you to live down here. Pardon me, following him and obeying him. If you want to get saved, be sincere and follow me in the uh, sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, for the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're sincere and you really want to get saved, Pray with me the sinner's prayer right where you are. You don't have to be in church. You don't have to wait for a church to open up. 
The doors of the church have been open 24-7 ever since Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose on the third day. Walk right on in. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. Open the door and come on in through this prayer and believing in your heart in Jesus Christ that he died for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon me and please forgive me of all of my sins. My failures and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way I know how. In your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who I believe died for my sins was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I receive you into my heart. Please come into my heart and save my soul and my, uh, come into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins and help me to walk in the newness of life. Obedient to your Holy Word, the Bible. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. Because this is a personal thing. It's about you and him right now. And you call on his name in prayer based upon the word of God, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you did that in sincerity, then now, based upon God's word, I can congratulate you for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ for your soul's salvation. God won't make you, and I can't make you. It's all up to you as to whether or not you want to trust in Christ as Savior. He will help you, but he will not violate your, your free moral agency. That's how God made us, where we can choose. And so, dear friend, to grow in your newfound faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com 
and read my book, a free download titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so, dear friend, read that book and uh, it will give you the next steps you need to take as a new born again, born again Christian. Also, email us and let us know that you got saved so that uh, we can rejoice with you and also stay in touch with you and send you materials to help you to grow in the faith. And uh, if you have a prayer request, please email that to us to the same email, dw3 uh, at Gospel Light Society. And we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. We have many people who not only have sent in prayer requests one time, uh, but some have sent in uh, prayer requests every week, some every other day. Uh, some uh, every month or whatever. Anytime you want somebody to pray with you, we're here. We literally have people working around the clock 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, uh, uh, I, and I find that amazing because they voluntarily do that. <clears throat> but uh, they will get your prayer request to me. They will pray for you as well. And uh, immediately when they get the prayer request, and then they'll send it to me, and I will pray for you uh, uh, publicly and privately. So uh, send your prayer request in so that we can pray for you and help you get through whatever you're going through. Now, dear friends, we're going to resume our uh, service already in progress. Today we are reading Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. My son Daniel Ezekiel who I know is smiling right now uh, uh, and he knows why. We just finished uh, Malachi the last book of the Old Testament and uh, and what we're going to do going forward is do one New Testament book <clears throat> and then one Old Testament book and mix it up a little bit. So we will uh, go ahead on and go through Matthew since because I, I tell you it's been some kind of a journey uh, from Jeremiah all the way through uh, Malachi and it has been a joyful, powerful, amazing journey. And let me tell you something that I told my uh, children when they were coming up. You don't have to do everything at once. Do here a little, there a little. And you will be amazed at what you can accomplish in life. So <clears throat> what I'm telling you is from our reading the Bible together plus commentaries and study Bibles and everything else and dealing with all the other stuff we have to deal with. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you next time we get into this, 
how many books we covered. Um, I mean, and, I mean, this was intense. I mean, this this is this is seminary level uh, learning from the Bible because we're going line upon line. One, like for example, my son Daniel Ezekiel, who's helping me with this and has been helping me with this now for what I don't know how many years it's been. Um, and to next time we do this, we'll, it'll be the one thousandth. Uh, podcast episode so that's at least right at three years we've been doing this and he chose to go with just one verse I believe tonight and that's how we've been doing we, we one verse two verses we rarely went three verses every now and then we would do three or four because of context or whatever but we have not been in a rush and it's been a magnificent time. I assure you, if you listen to all of the, these podcasts, you will get a top seminary level education. Seminary, not just Bible college, seminary. Uh, anyway. And yes, I am going to get back to some other podcasts, Christian history and all of that. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting older and and I'm in the emptiness, and so I'm trying to rest and strengthen, get get my strength back and relax and take it easy. But we will be doing that again. I know some of you miss that, but we're, we're, we're going to get back into that here uh, starting uh, in a few days. So pray for us. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 The book of the generation of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham That's powerful all by itself So dear friends I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 1 verse 1 from the Word of God now here is the sense of it or here is the understanding of it as we get into this as we have done traditionally now for over three years uh, we go to the faith life study Bible and it reads in its introduction to Matthew each of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tells the story of Jesus from his own perspective. Matthew emphasizes that Jesus is the long-awaited Jewish Messiah and King who fulfills God's promises in the Old Testament. Now, you must remember it was 400 right at 400 years between Malachi and Jesus uh, coming okay and so and what that says to us all uh, is that God's going to do things in his own good time and you might as well just settle down and wait on what God is going to do because you're going to have to wait 
God, God does not move at what we at the speed we want Him to move. It was 400 years after the last verse of Malachi, before Jesus came. That's a long time. Jesus is not just a wise teacher, even though He is that. He is the one God has chosen to usher in the kingdom of heaven. He has come to save and to restore humanity into right relationship with God. Uh, starting first with Israel and then moving to the wider world, the Gentiles. Background, knowledge. The text of Matthew doesn't identify its author, but ever since the second century AD, Christian tradition has ascribed this gospel to Matthew, the tax collector, called Levi in Mark and Luke's accounts, who became one of Jesus' twelve disciples. Various features in Matthew reflect a writing style that is more Jewish than the other three Gospels. Although John's Gospel is also steeped in Judaism, Matthew seems to have been intended for a community of Jewish people who believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Based on Matthew's focus on the negative elements of the Judaism of Jerusalem and Judea, it seems that the Gospel's audience probably lived outside of Israel, uh, the region, the Israel region. It was probably written in the late first century A.D regarding the structure. One way to organize the Gospel of Matthew is by the five major blocks of Jesus' teaching. Each block ends with a phrase noting what happened when Jesus was finished speaking. These five blocks are the Sermon on the Mount, the Missionary Discourse, Jesus' parables, Jesus' teaching on discipleship, and Jesus' teaching about his return and the day of judgment. This five-part division could serve as an echo of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Matthew is presenting Jesus as a new Moses, if you will. Like Moses, Jesus is leading God's people in an exodus. This new exodus involves breaking the bonds of sin, and just as Moses delivered God's law, Jesus fulfills God's law. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, so much for this time together around your holy word as we go here a little, there a little, 
and go deeper and deeper into your holy word uh, and its stabilizing power. I pray that you will help us to understand it, to comprehend it, to love it, to cherish it, and to obey it, to proclaim it, to preach it, and to preach your holy gospel from it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Thank you.